A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 
The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed, and it's time for a book review. That's right. <laughs> Me and Joseph Scrimshaw have read Thrawn Alliances, and we're here to talk about it, Joseph. This one was anticipated. I'd say highly anticipated. Highly anticipated, yes. And please, for the future, every time we do a book review, please say it like we're at a rock concert like you did. That was great. (laughs) It's time for a book Book review. review. Yeah, I was super, super looking forward to this one. Who likes literature? (laughs) Give it up for paper with words. Uh, Yeah, I was super, super looking forward Mm. to this one. Were you looking forward to this one? I was, and a little bit to my own surprise. Because yeah. I enjoyed question mark the first book. <laughs> you enjoyed, yeah. but something something tortured you in the back of your mind about yeah, it. Yeah, it just didn't connect with me as much as maybe I wanted it to. But the 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 cult of Thrawn is an interesting thing. Yeah, and you and I are of the the right age and fandom that those Air of the Empire books fell into our laps, brand new uh, hard. Copies either one. Oh, I one by Air the Emperor paperback. I take it back. Okay, the other okay. two, oh, I got covers. a hardcover. Yeah, uh, hardcovers for the other ones. And so we were there. Yeah. So there's a special nostalgia attracted to the Thrawn, attached to Thrawn, I should say. But I talked to other people who are getting to know this character, and he doesn't hit as well. But other people love him. I don't know. The first book didn't hit with me, but I liked it. Yeah, and it hit with me because I was expecting not to like it. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I think as I said in the Thrawn review, I'm not always super in love with the Sherlock Holmesy character who yes. is eight steps ahead of everyone because I like raw, messy, emotional characters who are trying to tamp it right. all down. And Thrawn does have emotions, but I found uh, specifically the relationship between him and Eli Vanto mm-hmm. in that Thrawn was really sort of patiently laying things out to try to teach this other person and kind of issues of race within the Empire, all these other things that really right. made the book pop for me. Gotcha. And I think I really enjoyed it because it was kind of all Thrawn all the time. Like the yeah. other characters he ran into, like uh, Arianda Price and Yalaren, uh, they all kind of like belong in his world, right? Of being a little bit more analytical and thoughtful. And this, so I really enjoyed that one. I was really yeah. looking forward to this one, and then this one threw me for a little bit of a loop. Okay, interesting. So you and I and I was, I think I, I got to be honest with you. I was looking forward to this one mostly based on that cover. Okay. Both, both versions. <laughs> sexy young Thrawn. Sexy, sexy Thrawn and Anakin, and then Vader and Thrawn together at last. Sort yeah. of peanut butter and jelly together at last. <laughs> and I got and that, that that's part of marketing, right? So yeah. pull me in. Ooh, ooh, I, I, I was okay about the first book, but I'm ready for whatever's going yeah. on in here. And then Batu, and I'm intrigued. All right, how's Padme this? Padme poster. Padme poster. All that kind of good stuff. And we are here, Thrawn Alliances, a little bit later. But you know what? I think the Force Center fans, uh, you want us to take our time to read this book, not rush through it and just barf up some thoughts. <laughs> We've had time to take this one in, and that's why the review is coming now, John. Yeah, yeah. So shall we dive in, sir? Yeah, let's dive in. I will say that for myself, the uh, overall reaction, and then I think we should go into some stuff we liked. I like that. My overall reaction was it seemed so juicy. We're going to get Thrawn and Vader together during Rebel-era times, Rebels-era times. 
specifically from that sample, being tested by Palpatine. Vader's mm. going to have to face his past. Thrawn is going to have to face his future. And then, oh, juicy Clone Wars stuff. And Padme's going to be in it. That's maybe going to reveal a little bit more about how Ad- Anakin and Padme actually functioned. Yeah. And given my high expectations, I felt like the book was a little slow yeah. to get moving. Uh, really kind of s- setting up all of its little... Uh, mental traps in a very, uh, you know, I think in some ways Zahn is Thrawn. He's very oh, yeah. methodically setting <laughs> things up that will explode much, much later. Yep. But you have to have patience. And this yeah. is all subjective. And some people love that. For yep. me, I'm a little bit like, let's uh, let's get to some of those explosions. Um, yeah. And this was the first time that I really, really felt, and I know other people have had this concern about other things, but this is the first time I personally really felt it, that the book was a little hemmed in by the volume of Star Wars history. Gotcha. Like, there are so many times that it seemed like Thrawn and Vader were going to have a conflict, but we know where Thrawn... Vader can't cut Thrawn's hand off unless they really hid that from us, you know? (laughs) We know where Vader is going. We know that Anakin and Padme's relationship is locked into a certain... uh, We know that we can only find out so much about the unknown regions, you know? We know that, uh, you know, I can go on and on. We felt just a little boxed in. Which by is everything around it. Which is, you know, weird weird in a sense for us on here at Force Center because we love like we love solo and crawling around that time period. We yeah. love going, hey, we know this character lives, but what's the journey there? But I agree with you too. There was a lot of uh this has to lead lead to that. And then thinking, well, how did how it's it, it's too close of a connection for us to never hear it again. Yeah, it's a huge about thing. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So and okay, I get what you're coming from. I don't mind things being hemmed in if I feel like I learn more depths of the character. And mm-hmm. I feel like I definitely did learn some new things about the characters. And yeah. my, my list of stuff I liked is way longer than the stuff I wasn't sure about. Mm-hmm. Uh but I just I think I was so expecting fireworks and yeah. I got a few little fireworks for what I personally like, which is diving a little bit deeper yeah. into the characters and how they actually feel about specific events since the events mm-hmm. are pretty locked. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's the point. That's what you, We want to learn something, like you said, learn something new, go on an adventure, even though we might know the end result that's, uh, that's uh, insightful and kind of where I come down on this book as well. There was a slow read going, which was my complaint with the first one, but that's Thrawn. So I can go along for that Thrawn adventure. Yeah, and there were some great moments here with Anakin and Thrawn. We'll get into the details there, but some great action. Some of my favorite of the new canon action in terms of uh, going behind the helmet, as you said to me off air. We'll use that here with the stormtroopers. But oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember going, ah, we're picking up pace, and yeah, that we're into the story, and it was two hundred pages in, and I had <laughs> about a hundred plus left to go. So this this at times was a miss for me. This book overall, if we're talking about overall feelings, there was there were some misses. However, like everything in Star Wars, I want to take the time to look in and find out what I loved and why why I loved. I think I'm just I think I'm starting to realize I'm maybe not as big as a Thrawn fan as I thought I was growing up. Yeah, and that just might be where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, so. and I think that's uh that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And we're gonna get uh, Thrawn colon Purgletown eventually. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna get the more adventures with Thrawn, and maybe yeah. that will be a Thrawn who has had a few too many losses and is finally coming apart yeah. at the seams a little bit. Yeah, and and the, the Sherlock Holmesy thing is an excellent point from you. There's sometimes in this book I just stopped comprehending and waited for Thrawn to explain it to me. <laughs> it is interesting to have two <laughs> parallel stories where the character that, in theory, you know better, Anakin and, and Vader, the yeah. two sides of that character, both getting annoyed with like Thrawn 
we know you're going to tell us the answer yeah. in five minutes or for us, five pages. Yeah. Will you? And there's yeah. a danger of going like, yes, please listen to Anakin Vader. Just tell us, Thrawn. We know you're smarter than us. Just tell us. I don't want to start getting too specific, but there's that one point where literally it's like, Thrawn's like, okay, I'll tell you one thing now and another thing later. <laughs> Get Thrawn. Just stop it. Yeah. Mithrandu. Come on. <laughs> Mithrandu. I love that Palpatine just says it. I love oh, Palpatine. effortlessly. Yeah, effortlessly. Uh, well, we have to know that he says it wrong. He can't even say Ahsoka's <laughs> name right. Ashoka. <laughs> I think Thrawn just lets him say his name however he yeah, wants. Yeah, however he wants. Yeah. But let's start looking at some of the individual things and things we like. I think we always want to start there, sir. Yeah. yeah, so this is a little bit of a meta thing I liked. I liked what a strange experience it was to read a weird description of what I might see at Disneyland. Because we are of the like mind. I wanted to start there, too. That was one of the big things, too, about it. I think one of the other things that was like, oh, fireworks. Yeah. But, too, it's on the edge of the unknown regions. Thrawn is all tied up in the unknown regions. That's where this this is this, the yep. town that we're going to get to visit, right? The outpost, Black <laughs> yeah. Spire. So you're like, what is going to be revealed? Yeah. And I don't think uh, a lot was revealed in almost an interesting way. I expected it to be, I don't know, yeah. uh, sexier, for lack of a, a better term. And instead, I felt like, it was saying like, okay, well, here's the cantina you're going to be able to drink at. Yeah. Here's a list of possibly the Star Wars booze you're going to be able to buy. <laughs> literally. Because it literally had that literally. list of booze that Padme picks one. Like, am I going to be able to drink what Padme drank? I don't know. There's something yeah. about being immersed in this yep. Yep. weird space fantasy with Timothy Zahn's harder, crunchier sci-fi. And then mm. on top of all that, the reality of, and then I get to go to there. Yep. In a little while. In a little while. We, we are the same spot. We're going to take that uh, five south hyperlane <laughs> down to the Anaheim system and, and go check this thing out. And there were some early descriptions, and I'm glad you touched on the drinks, where I, I, I can't imagine. I don't think anyone, anyone, I don't think anyone told Timothy Zahn, here's a list of descriptions we're going to need. But at the same time, I'm reading this going, is this literally a welcome menu and, and manual yeah. to this town we're going to go? I want to drink a blurt fire. Yeah. yeah. There, there was almost like, here's where you're parking. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was at least one of like, uh, you could buy uh, simple meats and handmade yeah. objects yes. at a vendor. Like, oh, yeah, you can. You can. It's, that was fascinating. No, no. And, and it wasn't an eye roll <laughs> inducer. No. no I, I just want to go to Disneyland with yeah. Thrawn because, you know, he would have like, if you yeah. buy the fast pass for <laughs> this ride now, do you want to buy the turkey leg here? <laughs> I was kind of giggling. Yeah. Because, again, it's probably us with too much real world knowledge reading this, you know, as fans going, yeah. well, we know we're going there. Are we putting stuff into it? But it just seemed it's our first real time on this planet. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting. I think we both had the same reaction there. Um, up top, one thing for me that I really loved, though, was Anakin. Just overall, yeah. Anakin Skywalker. I thought Zahn really was able to write in his voice. You could hear the frustration, the impatience, the confusion, the anger, yeah. the attachment. I really like Anakin in this one. Yeah. You? Yes, very much. I like where I they... I don't want to lead you. No, no, no. <laughs> I like where they placed it on the timeline, too, that it was after Ahsoka has left. They've been fighting the war forever. Padme's uh, beginning to fray a little bit in her you know, question of what is this war about? Who right. is it actually for? Uh, and I think, yeah, really, really captured Anakin that uh, that his primary goal was Padme, but he was trying to be proud and, uh, oh, love and loyal Thrawn. and all these things. Thrawn has to remind him 
early on, constantly. And then yeah. obviously the flip side is Vader's kind of reminding Thrawn, where's your loyalties and, and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, later. But yeah, I really liked, I really liked Anakin in this. Uh, and then the flip side is I didn't like Vader in this, but that's the next segment we'll do later. Yeah. But Anakin. Anakin. I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. Angry, theatrical, uh, proud, concerned, all yeah. this, these con- conflicting emotions. Yeah. And I could hear Matt Lantner's voice. Totally. So, so well. Yeah, we're in the same mind there for sure, because I th- that's why I really, uh, you know, Matt Lantner should, you know, deserves a lot of credit. He does get a lot, but I think even more for really breathing some life into this character. That's that's nothing against Hayden. That's just what the movies were. We're coming out of Attack of the Clones and, so, you know, you didn't know Anakin as much as you maybe wanted. I just don't think you can take the time in those movies. Uh, he really breathes life into the character in the Clone Wars, and that's the voice I heard. Yeah. Telling that yeah. that's the Anakin. Yeah, kind but obsessive and all sorts mm. of great things. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I really liked uh, what we got out of the Unknown Regions. Like, yeah. I liked that we did get more about just the real practical relationship between Palpatine and Thrawn, that real, real hard confirmation that that's what Palpatine wants yeah. is for Thrawn to help. Uh, help him map his way into the unknown regions. I like that. We learned that Vader didn't really know that that Mm. was on Palpatine's to-do list. Yeah. Was to conquer whatever's on that side of, you know, space. Uh, That was, that was really nice and well-written of like, uh, like almost that Vader ellipsis. Yeah. (laughs) Vader realizing he hasn't been in every meeting. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and realizing what it was about, uh, and the development yeah. of a, you know this other species, these other cultures, mm-hmm. other technology. It was exciting to think about, like what? Okay, what is there? Yeah, in terms, especially early on with the with the Thrawn and Anakin teaming up, and the fact that uh, you know the Chiss ascendancy, they have this you know fully functional military. Uh, I don't want to say they're a military society, but it seems like there's a lot of focus on their their military and everything. And, and I think in this time it makes sense because there's exploration that the fact that they've been watching. Yeah. For a long time. I love Thrawn like, oh, you know, your clone war. We've been <laughs> seeing what you do. And and they've heard stories of Jedi's. They they're familiar with Dooku in a weird way, like what's that about and all that kind of stuff. Um but uh I the tech is interesting because it seems like the Chiss don't have they didn't have like shield you know the the, the the whole plot to get a shield generator type of thing and we I like that. That uh, I don't know why I'd think the unknown regions would be behind this galaxy. I guess Palpatine just has more resources and money and credits yeah. to spend, I guess. But I like that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. I think that's uh, really great. Mm. Um, I was... One of, one of the little time bombs that went off that really worked for me is... Uh, and I wrote down an early note to ask you how you felt about it, is really focusing on Anakin's battle prowess being about precognition, mm. which follows up on that line from Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon tells Anakin... Mm. Right, well, tells Shmi that this is why... He sees things before they happen. That's right. why he's a human who can do pod racing. And yeah. that's always been, like, so many different ideas floating around about exactly how the Force works. Mm. You know, does it guide your actions? Do you guide its actions? But it was uh, so concrete that he's seen mm. what's about to happen and reacting on some level... And then I love that that paid off with that is what the force ability of these yes. force sensitive chiss mm. was. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And the connection to Phantom Menace and, and that Anakin moment is great because that can be forgotten yeah. among all the things uh, from the prequels that, you know, time goes by. These, these little details of these characters and to actually see it in action, to my knowledge, one of the first times in detail. I don't know. Maybe the first time at all. But that. Literally the line, double vision, shot coming to my left. Yeah. 
at times I was like, ah, is this too cheesy for me to like? But then the concept behind it, to actually get in and see how the force works. Yeah. I, I think that's something that that's when done right is interesting. And this won me over because it all leads up to that big moment with yeah. Vader in the end. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and I was, those connections. I was nervous about it when it started because I was afraid that it was going to yeah. be making the force too crunchy, but then uh, in detail oriented. And then as it went on, I thought I thought the book did a really good job of having some like fun force insights mm-hmm. about when you can and can't do things yeah. without demystifying it about like how much concentration it took and how powerful Palpatine must be to sense exactly what's going on from a distance and, and you know with the door wedges that <laughs> Anakin couldn't see to reach out to and there how far away he could feel Padme or not and all that kind of thing that's there was literally uh, an incident in, uh, in the book where uh, I think it's when he's controlling his lightsaber where it's like it's kind of too far out of range you know, yeah. like like there is a range on this, which even to me makes Luke that much more powerful to figure out how to force project to another planet. Oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah I think it was in line with uh, my sort of headcanon that I like about the force. And I think the way it has been is being supported in, in some of the recent movies, in particular with with Ray and Luke, that it is sort of about letting go what you know. And if you like Anakin mm-hmm. or Vader, get a little uptight. Mm, yeah. you, you are creating those limitations in your mind. Not that you yeah. can absolutely do anything, but there is, you know, you need a certain amount of concentration. Like right. if he's being too defensive, he didn't, uh, he was distracted by something, so he didn't sense Padme coming up behind him, or else he would have, if he was calm, he yeah. would have just sensed Padme. So I like that it's putting those sort of limits on it that make it make sense, but it is also about like mm-hmm. uh, when Thrawn comes to him and says, This is what you do in battle all the time. I yeah. know you have never thought to apply it yeah. to navigating hyperspace, um, but you can if you open your mind and i think that's like very similar to ray opens her mind mm-hmm. to this and luke is very imaginative about what he can do you know yeah that is uh excellent it's it's the force is out there in front of you so to speak yeah and you can uh, tap into all of it maz kanata tells ray that you know one of our favorite moments in yeah. force awakens and that's what she remembers in the fight with kylo it can control your actions it can help you all that stuff but it's a gradual process which is why i love new force powers which is why i don't question it yeah when palpatine suddenly shoots lightning in 1983 <laughs> i didn't you know i didn't understand that concept then but it's like i i love that it's 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 constant learning yeah so even in death qui-gon yoda they have to learn and yeah. continue to learn and yeah it's interesting to me yeah so yeah that was definitely one it's of not my video uh, game powers no it is yeah. not a drop down menu yes although i'm sure thrawn has one <laughs> He's cataloging everything that Access. Uh, force sensitive. Did you like the force sensitive chis children? Yes, the third sight. The third sight. I, I think there would have been a time in my Star Wars fandom that I wouldn't have liked that. Yeah, you know where it would have been like, ah, that's kind of what. Nah, um, the fact that it evaporates, so to speak, to just you know, I think yeah, I don't know. The force powers just kind of go. We call it third sight. And it's usually the females, and then usually it disappears. Yeah. Um, and hinting that Thrawn may have had it at some point, I kind of gathered that a little bit too. But I like that. I like that because after reading The Legends of Luke Skywalker, another book I had some issues with at times, but mm-hmm. overall love the concept, that other planets, especially uh, the farther you go out from the core of the galaxy we know, have the Force, but they call it other things. They, they embrace it, it differently. Yeah. yeah. And it goes around. And so that would make sense that why wouldn't... A, a chiss have access to the force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And I love all the, the concerns that brings up Invader of like, oh, there's a bunch of more Jedi we have to slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, did go. Uh, but I also, I don't know if the book was implying this or just leaving room for people to have their headcanon. I also took it as it could be that the Chiss culture, which is so focused on logic and precision, mm. could drive the ability to imagine out yeah. of the children. And that's why they appear to lose the ability is they gain more of, take on more of the Chiss culture. Is this the, the the Vulcans of Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, saying? maybe a is little bit. Yeah, saying? yeah, that you okay. maybe lose a little bit of your intuition if yeah. the you know the more you you apply logic. That's really interesting, actually. I like that concept because that's kind of something you can apply to your your real world. You know, if, yeah, uh, um, you know, not to get into the spiritual side of stuff, but you know, yeah, just kind of you got to train your muscles, your mind and your and your physical muscles. Yeah, you know, all of it. Yeah. and I like that. That maybe the just it disappears because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. What did you feel while we're on the topic of the Chiss yeah. children? Because this is one of my things that I ended up liking, but I was like, mm. that might be a controversial like, is that <laughs> when the Chiss children are given their appointment on ships to guide them, yeah. that their name in the Chiss language translates to, to Skywalker. I, it's, I think I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Hell, if I like Solo getting his name from a grumpy Imperial <laughs> officer, I'd Draud like this Mundrin. one. Just because it's, it's, it's a little... Um, it wasn't too ch- tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't delivered tongue-in-cheek. Mm-mm. It's Thrawn going, how interesting. Because then, you know, where does the Skywalker name come from? Where's the legacy of, uh, where does that start? We we know it starts with Shmi and the Force. Yeah. But she had a family. Where where does it go? Where are they from? Yeah, yeah. that was the one of the biggest things to me of like, oh, well, it you know, it explained that, you know, as Vader himself said, hey, an old small mystery solved <laughs> <laughs> of why Thrawn reacted to the name General Anakin Skywalker. Right. But it really did get me thinking like, ooh, that's, that could be too much trying to explain things. But for me, I found myself more excited about what does that mean about the etymology mm. of the name Skywalker? Yeah. Is this hinting at like even longer, longer ago that all, all, everything in, this, in these galaxies mm-hmm. or one galaxy is connected yeah and that this is that was a name an ancient 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 name for a force user and that somehow so hung we, on in the skywalker lineage before shmi so what you're saying is the skywalker saga is not done we're just going to go back to the beginning we're just going back in time <laughs> and if you go back far enough you'll find out that <laughs> vader and thrawn are related i do like this idea though of the unknown regions what you just touched upon there is there's there's not a wall up literally like game of thrones but you know, you get too far out. Batu's on the far, far, far reaches. Octo's in the unknown regions, technically. Jakku's really close to that that walls, the the uh, figurative wall there. That that at some point, when did they make that dividing line? You know, when and that's the history of Star Wars. We don't know yet, and if we'll ever get. Coruscant's the center. We have the 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 inner rim, the center rim, the middle center of the galaxy. But at what point where there's like, yeah, there's some moons in our way. We're not going to go. And I'm fascinated. So it all could connect. Uh, yeah. hundred thousand years ago in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. There's a, there, there's the, uh, this book really opens up the like, oh, well, th- that's just the way the universe is made. There's all yeah. of these obstructions. Yeah. And then this opens up the idea of like, but how many of them were made? Yeah. Versus just, hey, yeah. the galaxy came into existence and there's a wormhole here and that you can't fly around it and you're screwed. Yeah. Uh, or... You know. Chiss once roamed this land freely. Yes, you know. And then we put moons in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other big things uh, I, I really want to get into here is uh, Padme. Yeah. Let's talk some Padme. Yeah. And to my pleasant surprise, this wasn't Padme in distress. This was Padme in action. Yeah. Um, this was Padme on a on a 
Dan Fool Idealistic Crusade of her own <laughs> to follow her handmaiden's clue and get on out. And I, re- yeah, I really loved it, but it made me hungry for what E.K. Johnston's going to do with uh, the Queen Shadow. Yep, it made me just want more Padme because I, I did really, really like uh, what was there and I wanted it to go a little deeper. Like, cause, because the little insights we got into how yes. she actually, like that insight of... Well, there's things where Anakin has set his mind and you can't get back. (laughs) You're not going to change his mind. And her remembering the day that he told her about the slaughtering the Tusken Raiders as that terrible day. That day, You know, uh, that that does have weight for her and all of her questioning of, you know... Mm. I love it when Thrawn asks her, like, well, why didn't you just let the Separatists go? Oh, that's great. He's like, well, they attacked us. Yeah. Uh, so it does make sense, but then also like think it, it's making Padme smart enough to get to the place that she clearly is in Revenge of the Sith. We're going like this just doesn't it. It seems mm. like we should have been able to resolve this. It seems like this is not as clear cut as a civil war. That that is an excellent point there because that's where I think Zon does succeed a lot. Yet he's got to link himself up. But that's a that's a good point uh, to take from Padme and attack the clones for Revenge of the Sith. And we know a lot in the Clone Wars. And that's some of the best Padme we know. Yeah. Kat Tabor does a great job. But I actually, you speak to Kat Tabor, like Kat Tabor does a great job. But but I thought this was more the Natalie Portman film version. I was really seeing and hearing. Yeah. 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 And I thought he did a good job of that. And to get her mind there. And she learns, I think, perhaps the biggest lesson in this book, for me at least, when, like, what, at what cost? Anakin's going crazy, blows up this mine, and uh, people are like, don't do it. And she's like, this is what, at what cost? Yeah. And Thrawn's saying, well, if the Separatists wanted to leave the Republic, why didn't you let them? In this base-level logic way, I could absolutely see that that's why, by the time Revenge of the Sith rolls around, are we even on the right side? Like, yeah. what's going on? And this war just has to end one way or another. Yeah. It doesn't even really matter who is right at this point. This yeah. has to end. Has there, to go. Yeah, yeah. There were two particular details for Padme that I wrote down because I love them. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, confirmation that she has been trained to conceal her emotions. Yes. Like in making that, you know, very flat affectation that mm-hmm. she has as Queen Amidala in Phantom Menace right. is like that is their culture. That is the yeah. way of things. Um, and I like that that that's one of the uh, arrows in her quiver that she can use on this mission to mm-hmm. like see her loyal, badass handmaiden. Yeah. Ugh. Battered and just in a, you know, on public display and not react. Yeah. You Sing know? a song to a. Yeah. To a. To stranger, a yeah, corpse of her friend, and then yeah, later on when uh, you know when she's trying to play, you know, Thrawn might be a step ahead or two, but yeah, it's like you know, when Thrawn's like, "What's uh, what's with you two? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> her disability, yeah, and, and like that, you know. yeah, she's got that line about her well-trained uh, reaction of being defensive and dismissive at the same time, yeah, and she's very used to that. She got it down, she got uh, it down. But I think my single favorite thing was this incredibly tiny detail that Padme has read and remembers the manual for the S5 Ascension gun <laughs> about exactly what you can and cannot do with the grappling hooks. I, I read that part last night in finishing this book. Hilarious point, sir. Yeah, it's just, it's so perfect for Padme and then also for like the legacy of, of Leia as well, of like, we do our homework, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, got a different vibe than the sort of a rough and tumble of Anakin. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know, blow it up, right? It's it's me. I mean, you you know, there's a camera sitting on my t- counter here that uh, I haven't. Where it's a security camera I got for free, and like, 
I, it's not, I don't, I, there's instruction manuals right there. <laughs> I can't get it to work and I just haven't picked up instruction manuals. So I, I, I identify with Anakin just going, ah, and her, her looking into it. And then I had a good laugh because as, as a prequelist as I am, the Ascension Gun's one of my least favorite things <laughs> because it just literally is like, and now they all have Ascension Guns because they knew they're going to be out here. They're built in, we know. They're built, they're in. built into the S5. And they have like two on the other side. Yeah, uh, I absolutely did love the use of the Ascension Gun. There. And that, only, that is yeah. someone who's sat there and watched the prequels and taken notes. <laughs> that detail-oriented part of, uh, of uh, Zahn's writing was really fun for me since I've been playing so much Battlefront. Of mm-hmm. Each blaster is like... And how many more kills do I need to level up in that blaster? Oh, I only need 20 more for the S5. There's, and it's funny, there's a lot of like things that make me think of Star Wars Legends, most of them very intentional, but that's one of the ones that makes me think of Legends unintentional <laughs> because it's like that to me is more like the lightsaber fighting styles. Well, what style? And I'm like... I don't know, man. Luke jumped out at Vader in the throne room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what style that was. And so I poking style. Yeah. yeah. This like the essential gun has two <laughs> ropes and cables and it would be going to be used. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other thing uh, mm-hmm. that I really liked was is a, a small passage, but Vader's awareness of patterns and rhymes Ooh. and repetitions in the history of the galaxy. Well, sir, you're talking about page 254, which <laughs> I have noted. Note this? Oh, you did your uh, homework. You and I are, we've been doing podcasts together <laughs> for a long time. There was, Vader noticed, a strange sort of symmetry in the force, a balance that often manifested in patterns and uh, and goes on. I don't want to read the whole thing because I'm not Mark Thompson. Uh, people separated when I unexpectedly meet again. I absolutely love that. Yeah. There's some... Big wins here for Zahn with Vader's monologue. I don't think he wrote Vader well, like his dialogue. Okay. But the monologue that some of the stuff Vader was going through, uh, and that was to me the big highlight that Vader realizes. This. Yeah. It's in Vader's head. That yeah. Uh, George Lucas's symmetry is right. <laughs> it rhymes. You see, it rhymes. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and people poke fun at, at Lucas for that clip, and I understand, but I feel like that has so become a part of what Star Wars is. We talk about Star Wars being generational. We talk about the sense of nostalgia. That's clearly. I, I feel like if you look at this world as a fan or a character like Vader living in it, mm-hmm. how could you not see these patterns? Yeah. And if you believe in something mystical like the Force, we're always trying to understand what the Force wants and why does it want balance? Do, do you feel like, is that is this an example of the Force wanting balance of uh, right. Vader and, uh, you know, Anakin slash Vader and Thrawn are going to meet twice mm. and they're going to go to the same planets in the same right. order, but they're going to have different agendas or maybe they're the same is that is that part of like yeah it's so cool to me that vader sees and wonders about this because he's a student of the force let's not forget you know and and, and he was he was uh there's a lot of time where he's just probably studying you know we're gonna meditating in his angry bath chamber yeah yeah doing homework for yoda back in the (laughs) day and and sitting there and, and he's not uh he's a sith and sith because they seem to have knowledge of all sides at least what palpatine will preach I love that Vader is 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 still learning, still realizing things, and knows a lot of this stuff too. And and I and that's that was one of the things I did like was Vader's internal monologue, referring to himself as the Jedi. Yeah, really cool. Yes, uh, yeah. Did we not say that right away? That's I don't my know number if we one. Did. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, that, that, no, I yeah. might have so assumed that. I would say that's my number one favorite thing. We'll talk about it a little okay. bit more because we're gonna. I want to talk about all the themes of the alliances. But I should have said that. That's my very favorite thing is right. Vader referring to Anakin as the Jedi. And part of that is, is seeing Vader's perspective on learning. Uh, Thrawn kind of knows who he is, and, the, yes. and this weird, like plausible deniability in Vader's head that he builds for himself. Yes, he know 
know he knows, Darth. And I like that. Yeah, Darth knows at that line at the end. It was a weak defense, but he still had yeah. to throw it out there. It's like a Homer Simpson pause. You know, remember when you and I took uh, the castle down? We never took it down. <laughs> and Thrawn's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm going to have a second. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> you never uh, said that to yeah. me. I love that a lot. Yeah. Any other favorites for you? Yeah. Um, I, I loved a lot of uh, the Rebels references. It yes. is fun. It's just kind of it, 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 whether it can sometimes box stories in. I understand that a lot. But it is just fun to go. I know what the Battle of Adalon is. But also to hear Vader, you know, kind of doubting, oh, this crazy force creature oh, you talked about. There was a lightning moose. Is <laughs> yeah, that right? A lightning moose. And will you let Kanan Jarrus get away? Because Vader's very much a part of the Rebels show. Yeah. Especially season two. And that it's a fa- failure for Thrawn. And I don't think even Thrawn knows why. He's just like, I, there's this, I was winning. And this thing happened. <laughs> yeah. And you get the sense that maybe Vader is just like, Emperor, mm-hmm. uh, Jarrus is not that powerful. I can go kill him. Yeah. You know? Just let me just kill him let and me end this. It. And for some reason, Emperor has Thrawn working mm-hmm. his larger ideas. Love that. Love the, you know, Volt Scarus shows up. Yeah. And uh, I think at one point he was a lieutenant when he should be a captain or whatever. I don't, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. too, of like that Vader comes around to thinking that TIE defenders are yeah. pretty cool, which also ties into A New Hope, where Vader's not that much about Death Star, because if Vader yes. has you know, they've set up this idea that it's a competition between the TIE Defenders in the Death Star. They only have yeah. enough money for in time for one project. And we learn in Rebels why the TIE Defender one comes across. Yeah. And Check you get, the budget. Yeah. And then you get the Vader's like, don't be so proud of this technological yeah. terror. And you, you could almost insert the TIE Defender project was way cooler. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote. <laughs> it's really cool now that I've taken it for a test drive. But I liked it because uh, we talked about uh, Force Center in the main show this past week, the uh, Darth Vader Annual Number no. 2, written by Chuck Wendig, and it's very clear the Vader's view of the Death Star and what this project, you know, could be, and he's not a huge fan. And Yeah. Uh, I think it not only syncs up to New Hope, but it syncs up to this. Yeah, he, you know, he, Thrawn has the point. I lo- and I love that. I love the nit- nitty-gritty of the Empire and how it runs and how they try to yeah. take things over. Where Thrawn's just like, Palpatine, you're putting all your eggs into one basket. And you one system at a time when you could have an entire fleet. You could have my tie defenders going yeah. around ru- ruling the galaxy. And Palpatine's like, eh, one planet blows up. Everyone's going to bow down to us. I love that. Yeah. I and that. now this kind of uh, almost retconning of he wants the Death Star to instill utter terror so he can get to the unknown regions. Because right. he's more like, I'm bored with this galaxy. <laughs> oh, I yeah. want to conquer what's over there. And I do like that there's a literal, like, it's part of Palpatine's expansion plan. Like, yep. he had the contingency plan going also with Gallius Rex. And I think that ties a little bit to the unknown region stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but the the idea of that, like, all right, I looked around and I had conquered everything and I was bored. <laughs> I wanted more. Yeah. That makes perfect sense because it's, again, it's not like people don't know. The unknown regions are unknown in the sense that it's tough. It's don't go out there. Don't travel there. You might get yeah. killed or hurt. No government from the galaxy that we're super familiar with yeah. has fully conquered that area of space right. is basically what but it is. They're and aware of it. Wild space people. They're, yeah, they're aware of it, but not not the depths of it. Um, yeah. So I like that stuff. And the final thing for me that I really liked is the this ca- character commander Kimmond, I believe. Uh, yeah. Center, right? And the stormtroopers, his crew, and you said it so well off air. So full credit to you of going behind the mask. Yeah. And there's action sequences were some of my favorite in all the Star Wars new canon, the books. Um, really seeing it play on the inside, and 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 
This seems weird. <laughs> Giving the stormtroopers some respect. Yes. No, I don't think that's weird at all because they have yeah. been jokes for a the long jokes. time. And and even yeah. in, in world, this makes sense. These are the best of the best that Vader yeah. has picked. And maybe there's a bunch of rank and file who are just standing around on smaller mm-hmm. planets, poorly trained, can't hit right. the broadside of a Bantha. Yeah. Uh, because they're poorly trained, they're just there to instill fear. Yeah. But the stormtroopers who travel with Vader, yeah, should be good. Should be should be good. Should be damn good. And well, they, the first legion comes out of the five hundred first, basically. If I'm if I'm following right there, uh, and that there's one particular sequence when there the three of them, uh, Kim and two others, are camping out on their ship because Thrawn has have take, has taken the grisk. We'll get into the grisk, I'm sure. And that sequence when they infiltrate the ship that they're sleeping on inside the the chimera it was gripping it was tense it was literally when you're reading the book holding your breath going what is going to happen i'm kind of scared in a way yeah uh, i really thought zon did a great job there yeah he did a great job of diving into kimmon's head making you like him and that was one of those moments where well, kimmon could die yeah he could be expendable and he's been this poor guy's been trying to thread the needle and serve <laughs> vader and not get in thrawn's way and just yeah. do a good job and stay alive yep yeah, yep. I thought that was great. Uh, my final thing that I, I wanted to mention in particular in our stuff I liked portion is there's that uh, there's a general story of how Thrawn being creative is uh, better than following this rigid protocol, mm. which is yeah. like that's that's an interesting dynamic to me because on the one side I, I see the Chiss as being sort of logic obsessed and maybe that right. even prohibits them from growing into the Force because they're mm. not intuitive or creative right. enough but Thrawn is very creative yeah. he's logic based but then he's like uh, logic tells me I should do this that goes against imperial protocol so I'm going to go around imperial protocol Yeah, and my, I, I trust that my results are going to be good enough that I can get away with it as a kind of creativity which I find fascinating and in particular when Vader just has that passage where he's just kind of thinking about it and like mm. wow um, mm. he inspires his crew <laughs> Instead of uh, terrifying them, yeah. unless he absolutely has to. And everybody seems happy to be here and working at the top of their game. Huh. Hmm. Anyway, so like it's Vader yeah. like sees it, but he doesn't seem to like take it in of like, yeah. oh, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the Empire would be doing better with this young rebel insurgency if we. Yeah. Loosened up. <laughs> there is there is a couple times where they don't they say uh, why not both. Right. Yes. There's a lot. It's almost as much as the, you get yeah. that gif on Twitter if you. <laughs> <laughs> So to your point, I think it's both. I think there's this strict adherence to logic as a jumping point to how do we think outside the box. Yeah. Let's it's it's illogical to think in a box. Yeah. To just trap yourself in any kind of thinking in life. Have your beliefs, have have everything you want to, you know, you're going to come to your own conclusions, but look at things and look see where the path will take you. How can we get around it? How can we think and 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 that Thrawn studies art shows he has a great respect for creativity and everything so so i think i think you're right i think it's on to it's a it's a leaping point to the the, other, the, the, the both directions and, and vader vader has a weird relationship with it you're so right because also the points where he's like i could kill him palpatine seems to like him might need him they've clearly been in some meetings and and he wants to get mad at that how yeah. dare you? And maybe he go goes back to Coruscant and is like, "You keep me out of some meetings, Chief. <laughs> Let's talk about that." But because they can't fight each other, well, they could have fought each other, but you know, we knew Throne was going to survive this. Yeah. And in one piece, as you said, no, no limbs gone. It's a, that was a its own kind of interesting little journey for me. Not a lot of tension, but 
that, that Vader's like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And just this sort of picture of Thrawn is like, you could hire Thrawn to come into your business and teach you how to have a more positive work environment. <laughs> it's like funny for he's a, a villain. He's a consultant. But it's like you see that. That's part of the reason I like the relationship with Eli Fanto in 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 this one with right, uh, right. Commander Faro yeah. or Faro. Um, that, of course, it's logical that like you want your second command to do a really good job so you can leave them in charge if you right. need to. So why wouldn't I try to do... Like kind of teaching one on one of walk them up to the discovery, but let them open the door themselves rather than just yeah. tell them or yell at them or choke them with the force. There, there was the great moment when Vader's in the Tie Defender, which I love that he's in there. He's kind of flashing back to I haven't felt this way since I flew in the. Oh no, that's the Jedi, not me. <laughs> that's the Jedi's memories. I'm not having fun doing this. <laughs> um, but there's that where Thrawn's kind of in charge, and Vader recognizes like he's not insulting me when he says "Take it from here, Vader." And I'm paraphrasing where it's like. Oh, okay. He he gives respect to people, and now he's giving it to me because I have skills, and I'm not taking offense to that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to choose not to be pissed at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> business lessons with Thrawn and Vader. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about stuff that we weren't sure about? Questioned. Yeah, let's dig into the losses, into the dark side. I think uh, for me, my big picture thing, and this is utterly subjective. This is utterly taste based. So if you're listening and you disagree, I totally understand. I feel like in general, Zahn, not Thrawn, Zahn is a writer who comes from a little bit more of a technical Mm. in science fiction background. And I feel like uh, on one hand, it works well for Thrawn because if you're going to have this sort of master detective who notices everything, you need to have details. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes there are parts where I just feel like uh, Star Wars in the movies has always been really hand wavy. Yeah. about details and I know that annoys the crap out of some people and I, I understand we're looking it, at you Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> but it in general it's mm. hand wavy space fantasy yeah and sometimes like this book is so concerned with technology mm-hmm. and I think in the like first half of the book there were two or three mysteries that had to do with how much room there was to park a spaceship and it for me it it uh <laughs> It pushes against some of the like more romantic and yeah. mystical side of Star Wars. Now, I think there are other people who are like get annoyed by the Last Jedi of like the yeah. fuel stuff. Exactly, yeah. how does that work, and why is it fourteen hours, and how did they get from point A to point B? So I understand that there are fans out there yeah. who love it when yeah. there's a book that takes responsibility for all of its science. But for me, it's a it's a weird and interesting. Sometimes works, sometimes doesn't dance with the space fantasy of Star Wars. I'm right there with you. And again, that's our taste. But yeah, going to The Last Jedi, I don't want to start that path. But like the complaint, the first time I heard it, well, how do those bombs drop in space? I was like, I wouldn't even, never crossed my mind. Yeah. Because and I was the, like, cool. electromagnetic, great, yeah. <laughs> bombs went boom. <laughs> I am just, I just, I just, I, that's why I've come to Star Wars and why I respect Star Trek, but don't dive into a lot of it there. Not that Star Trek's all technical. It's just it's great storytelling in Star Trek. They reverse neutrino flows all the time. Right. Whatever you that know, means. I, 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 am, I am here for the sci, I'm here for the fantasy, not for the sci-fi, so I totally know where you get. And the parking... <laughs> The spaceship parking was interesting. There was a, a, it happened a few times. It did happen a few times where the mystery was, oh, that got moved because, or this person <laughs> had to go here because you took their parking you spot. Took their parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all works. It tracks super logically, and I think that was part of the reason that, like, I think Thrawn, for me, in his in the first book, 
mm-hmm. was really just singing because mm-hmm. he was in that part of the Star Wars galaxy. But yeah. then when he's sort of messing with the Force and Vader and the raw emotions mm-hmm. of Anakin and Padme, that the contrast in world building between right. science fiction and space fantasy yeah. butt up against each other. Yeah, it, it's a weird relationship. It's a weird relationship. Uh, one of the things for me, yeah, I love Vader's internal monologue. I love how he wrote Anakin. I, I just don't think he actually wrote Vader well. Uh, I just guess I, I just have to stand on that uh, truth of uh, honesty and truth there with myself. I have a lot of times when I was reading Vader, he talked too much and he talked in a way. It's a slippery slope that you don't want to put any Star Wars screenwriter or author or storyteller in. But I just don't think Vader talks that much. Yeah. You think that in order to avoid this trap, because I mm-hmm. I will say I don't think he was written poorly mm-hmm. at any point. But I think that there is that um attention mm-hmm. because sometimes he has a line that's oh that's straight from the movie of sure. just he, vader suddenly says no and says right i will take the fleet I'm like great that yep. sounds like but anytime that he talks a while longer it sounds like that the rogue one meeting scene yes where he's I, talking about you know mm-hmm. oh no it's a mining disaster yeah you know and just it, it does feel like vader we know factually that Vader does sometimes deal with things like TPS reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, when he talks for a while, it, it does make you question. I don't know if, again, and that's, that's, so, that's not Thrawn's fault. It's not anyone in that Rogue One uh, creative space, anything going forward or anything going in the past. I just, it's one of those, we talk about that, it's, is it Star Wars enough? And that's kind of yeah. this weird, what does that really mean? And, and you know it when you know it. That, that Rogue One scene, because I love the castle, I love Krennic, I'm mm-hmm. good with a lot of the moment, and I'm not even talking about the dad joke he makes. I'm t- you're right. It is a mining disaster. We will call this a mining... It's just... Uh, someone else should be having that conversation. Yeah. And there's a lot of moments, you're right, there's a lot that are right out of it. Commands and, and no, and the frustration. And that's why the internal monologue of Vader is a big win in this book. Yeah. But there's times where I'm just like, he... I've been watching this guy for 40 years now, whatever. He wouldn't be talking in paragraphs. I just, I, I had trouble getting behind some of that. It took me out of the story a few times. I was like, I just don't think, I don't think Vader's going to be like, well, okay, let me go, are you going here to the moon? What are you talking about? There was like some long sequences with him. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, that was a part of the um, more technical aspects mm-hmm. because there were some great passages early on where everybody was intimidated by this yes. dark foreboding tall mm-hmm. figure on the bridge and there are other times where like vader had to be like uh thrawn what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i know yeah yeah just <laughs> like uh it, did, is, yeah is it taking his mystique away or is it even it's possible to write a book like this without it might it, that it might not be it might just be me you know being too stringent on what i view vader as versus what he is he has to at some point have a practical, uh, normal conversation. I'm sure at some point he walks up and is like, where is the cantina? Like, yeah. I, I get it. He's a he's a real human, uh, mo- mostly machine now, twisted and evil. <laughs> but, you know, so some of it, but yes, and I'm okay with Vader being slow in a sense. Anakin was at times, you know, not you know, certainly not a dullard, but he just kind of like, I'm going to go slash now. Yeah. And I think that's why Padme's there at times. And that's their relationship. But I, So I understand Vader going, all right, smarty pants. 
But I, I don't know. I, it just took me out. That's just me yeah. out of the story a couple times. Yeah, I okay. can see that. Uh, yeah, I th- there were one or two where it's like I was really hearing his voice, and then the next next line, I really yeah. couldn't put that line in his voice. So I definitely Fair enough. hear you on that one. I wanted to ask you about this because I'm torn. Mm-hmm. The weekend at Bernie's force move, where Anakin tries to make a dead body walk and realizes it's really hard to do it right because the intricacies of the muscles, if he had time to practice, he could do it. But right now, it's just kind of flopping the limbs around. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, that's just that's which, just Weekend at Bernie's Meet Star Wars. Yes, which, of course, pays off, question mark, when uh, Vader uses his second outfit. Suit of armor, which <laughs> is another the next point next on my... Point, uh, squish him um, together. Um, yeah, which I one, wrestle with. One... Sort of worked for me, which is the suit of armor one, because yeah. I thought that was a cool sequence, uh, as described by Kimmond, described by the Stormtrooper. Yeah. I love that perspective. I didn't like that but two sequence at all, uh, with the bugs and the uh, the liquid cement and all this yeah. weird. I didn't like it at all. Um, I also didn't like, because this intense battle happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I read it wrong, because I was trying to get through some of it fast in the beginning. This battle happens. They're in the bar or they're on Batu. The bugs are flying at them. There's cloaking devices, all these things going on. The fight ends. Vader slashes like three of them dead. Yeah, I think four. Yeah. And there's patrons watching. <laughs> like, I, that, I, didn't, I just didn't like that sequence. So, to answer your question, I uh, wasn't a huge fan of Weekend, Weekend Invader, so Weekend just, at Annie's. Yeah, just uh, picture him uh, dressed as tourists at Disneyland, <laughs> right? But I, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I don't I don't think this is the case. But here's the thing. I read it and was like, is there going to be some floor show we're going to see there when they're in Cantina? And this oh, is the what they're talking Vader's about. Vader's slaughter floor show. Yeah, yeah no, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. Like, I hey mean, kids, gather around, grab your turkey leg. Here comes uh, here the comes. two o'clock Vader fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, in theory, it'll be interesting to see like how much is this? It's set in the right the sequel era. Who knows? But maybe there might be flashbacks, stories told <laughs> of the concrete bug Vader fight. Um, yeah, I, I think I appreciate how much uh, all of the novels in comic books are trying new things, pushing new things. But that one for me was like that's a neat idea that maybe if it was if it was uh, described that Anakin was adept at it pretty quickly, it, w- it could be creepy. Mm-hmm. But the picture of frustrated, annoyed Anakin Skywalker going along with Thrawn's dumb, to his mind, plan of trying to be too subtle and right. making a body walk all herky-jerky is like, I can't, I can't. take it <laughs> seriously. Where it would be like a fun, creepy thing if he was strangely good at it. <laughs> Like, that would be creepy. Like, where did you learn that? Yeah, it was just like he could make <laughs> it turn its head and stare. The dead body <laughs> stares at you. The eyelids it's close a- and open and it's slow. Like, it, maybe that's funny, too. I don't know. You it, just, I feel like it could be creepy. You just don't want to see the cake made on that one. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, just either have the skill or we don't need to see you have it at all. You don't yeah. need to see Vader practicing down or, or Anakin practicing in the morgue down there. Let me see. Anakin uh, or Obi-Wan, I've got it. I got it. Let me, let me try this one. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely. Can, this is not something that we teach in school. The two suits of Vader armor. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a. Uh, I think I, I Star Wars counsel myself with. Okay. Uh, but but I bring it up just because it is, uh, and I know it's kind of mentioned other places that he's had repairs or, or right, replacements right. In, in the, in the comic, comics. Yeah. You know that he's gotten retrofitted because it got destroyed early on and are, are really badly damaged. Yeah. There's something about this is the suit of armor mm-hmm. that it's an old Sith design, at least parts yeah. of it. 
that it was there, it was ready to go. And yeah, sure, it needs to be, it gets damaged, it gets improved, it gets built upon. But the idea of like, I have an identical one, mm-hmm. just in, in case I get a bug concrete on one of them. Like the whole sequence was cool, that idea of that he had yeah. become powerful enough to to march the car- the, mm-hmm. the armor yeah, and to totally psych them out and yeah. pull the light. There was a cool sequence, but... Yeah. It, it it uh it cuts down on the iconic it's a of little the, of the armor and how much is the armor can how much is it armor that goes over his mechno yeah. limbs and yeah. how much is it just like it's part of him a change of, yeah, a change him. of pants or yeah. is it your legs <laughs> yeah yeah exactly is it keeping you in is it trapping <laughs> you in we know the mask comes off i can imagine i could i could totally imagine he has repairs uh, or, or, or has we know he's made had the repairs made, but I, I can imagine him having some backups. But it's not like Iron Man. Yeah, it, it, I don't see it as that. And the fact that he had one l- there, that he traveled with it, if that makes sense. So if he's on Coruscant, and he's like, I got to go back, uh, comes back from a mission, and it's like I'm covered in concrete. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it took me out a little bit. I, I with you, it's a little bit behind, too behind the magic of. I have another one in my closet in the ship. <laughs> okay. It was, but this cool sequence, it, as described by Kimmond, I, I think if it was done another way, I wouldn't have liked it because you fall for it, right? Yeah, the sequence was great. He's here. Oh, wait, he's really here now. Yeah. Cool it's sequence. Terrifying. But yeah, it's those little, it's little things. And we, hey, look, sometimes we Star Wars fans, we need to get down to these nitty gritty moments. Yep. It's just about Star Wars counseling yourself out of some of them and not roosting around in the negative yeah. juices. But I, I'm with you too. It, it 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 does. It's a little too behind the scenes in the story. Yeah. So now I'll be thinking about it. In it, my Star Wars council is basically like, well, this can be an opportunity because now you do have to think about yeah the limbs, the part of him that's more machine than man is right. somehow separate from some of that armor. Right. Is is interesting. Yeah. Oh, I did. Uh, I'll throw this out as a thing I like because I forgot. I did like him blocking a blast with his hand. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. really solidifying that it wasn't just that in Empire Strikes Back they hadn't thought of having right. Jedi and Sith use their lightsabers to deflect things. <laughs> this is an option too. Uh, yeah, again, learning new things. Uh, one of the big uh, points of critique for me is, and this just might be a me thing, and maybe there's other people like me. I thought the story was muddled at times, not clear, somewhat intentionally because of that Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. So I literally wait. I'll read. I'm reading. I'm not skipping sentences or paragraphs. But I'm like, what's happening? Thrawn will tell me. <laughs> and literally, Commodore Karen Faro says that at one point. <laughs> she wasn't sure. She will wait for Thrawn to explain it. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the best thing. I don't know. Yeah. It, it just as a reader, I I don't I'm not gonna figure some maybe but you you said it. Some people might like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they're like along the way. I just like, I don't know. Thrawn's gonna figure it out. Or I'll wait for Jody Hauser to clear it up in a comic adaptation <laughs> and cut away some of the, the fat. Yeah. It happened more than a few times for me. Yeah, I can understand that. I think there was... Uh, it was not only waiting for Thrawn to describe things, there was a, you know, a lot of technical description of mm-hmm. like exactly how the doors work. Yeah. you know, And it led to some cool moments, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It, for me, for my taste, it's, it's a little bit of work, and, and you do want to just get to like, Thrawn, tell us how you did the yeah. magic. And some of it might be impatience of like, all right, what is this disturbance that Palpatine felt? Yeah. To be honest, I'm not even sure I know <laughs> at the end of the story what it was. But you piece it all together, and there's some great stuff 
in there. I mean, the reveal of this tying to Order 66 in a way. Yeah. It was, was kind of chilling. Yeah, that was really cool. That, that was, was where it took, a place where it took advantage of how boxed in it right. is uh, right. with some more uh, evidence that Padme and Anakin could have mm. followed up on, but didn't. Yeah, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. Uh, I. That's about it for my things mm. that I was frustrated by. I okay. guess. Um, I guess I would say, and this isn't a critique of this book, it's the uh, combination of Last Shot. I look forward to reading the next new mainline Del Rey novel that is one continuous story. Because I like the jumping around in time, but it is harder to get hooked because you get hooked on one yeah. uh, story. In like, yes, this this one doesn't really make an effort to like say like, oh, we just found out this information we need to know about, but mm. two, so now when we jump back to the past, yeah. then you already know that it, it had some elegant moments. But there's a part of me just like. I want to read a story because it's Star Wars. Star Wars often has its foot on the gas. Like Lords of the Sith, I love that book because its yes. foot is on the gas. Yes. And I look forward to getting back to that. Yeah, I think it was unfortunate that this came out after Last Shot and the two Star Wars books in our, fresh in our minds are like, yeah. then, now, here, uh, go back there. <laughs> this one was a little bit <laughs> when easier. When Lando was a baby. Yeah, yeah, this one was easier for me just simply because... I'd wait for the word Anakin or Vader to show up. <laughs> like, okay, I know where we are now. But, yeah. I mean, same bar, same place, same. But it's cool. When used effectively, and there was a lot of times in here it was used effectively. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. here. Give me yeah. some point A to point B stuff there. All right, well, if that's your last grievance, I, I, I think, unfortunately, I have to close with one here. Then we can Ooh. talk about overall themes. And maybe you can help me. Okay. Oh, it's a big one. Too much legends. Too much legends. Too much legends. Okay. All right, you're going there. Too much and this is, I know I take this stand, Some it might upset some people. I am respectful of legends. I, I have to say that because it's given us some good stuff. And I love when it is pulled into the new canon, and it's a lot is pulled in. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, from Solo, Rogue One, every uh, it's pulled in. Absolutely. A lot of the storytellers and creators and executives at Lucasfilm now are Legends fans, because we, we all were at some point. I do like Heir of the Empire. I like that a lot. There's some things. But after a while, as everyone knows, I started to pull out because it just got too far-fetched, and it wasn't Star Wars to me. Dash Rendar isn't Star Wars to me. And this now, it's been teased. You can see it coming. I'm not surprised. But, Joseph, we have moons being moved. <laughs> we have not the Yuzon Vong. We have the Grisk. And it's all setting up to be similar, and I don't know what I feel about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I think I have that headcanon about the Chiss children because the Force abilities that turn off when you're eight is yeah. also some of the kinds of things I didn't like in the Legends. Yeah. Even the technology that turns off a lightsaber, that that also feels to me like the uh, classic uh, Yasalamari that yep. you know, created the anti-Force bubbles of that. Like, no, they've got the force. The lightsabers work. Give give the characters other challenges is where right. I come from. Yep. Uh, my my personal bias. Uh, I was not upset by the Grisks. Okay. Uh, Hold I, my hand and let's talk, let's talk through it. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like they were kept in the shadows mm-hmm. enough that it was about, uh, let's, let's, we've had so many uh, drips and drops of, you don't know the horrors of the unknown regions. Right. And you get the sense that that, that's weird, horrible space creatures, Mm. Uh, strange space whales, all that. uh, Space whales and space wells. Space wells and whales. Uh, Whale wells. Purgletown has a lot of wells. Purgletown is full of wells. But also just getting the sense that it is a different, nastier 
mm-hmm. culture, like a bunch. It maybe doesn't have the sort of a. Right. I mean, obviously the Chiss have must have some respect for art, yeah. uh, or else Thrawn's just a real weirdo. But I like that picture of a more brutal race that mm. enslaves other races. Right. That is spreads lies and misinformation about itself to be a little mm. foreboding. Right. No, I, I didn't like the Yusan Vong because, again, it was, I don't like things that turn the Force off. The Force is there and deal sure. with it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind if it's a character struggling with their own limitations, like mm-hmm. Anakin or Vader. Um, but, oh, the Jedi aren't Jedi anymore. I don't, and I know the Yusan Vong is as simple as that. But yeah, for yeah. me, the Grisks were, like, um, reintroducing uh, some of those ideas without any of the more... Uh, science fiction sure. pushing back on the use of the force stuff that I personally don't like. I, I think you're right there, and I can go to that point first when I try to counsel myself, that there wasn't this sense that they were all powerful. In fact, they were, I think, kind of defeated pretty easily. You know, they could be, they they were un, uh, you know undermatched in some ways. The yeah. technology was a little different, cooler, shock lightning bolt type of stuff, but the, that it seemed, you get the sense that the Empire could probably wipe them out. Uh, maybe that's just me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, when they literally moved the moon, I, I think Zahn's so entrenched in legends writing that I, I took it a little bit as him going, you know, I'm putting my flag here. Yeah. Chewie might die by this moon. We don't know. <laughs> and I, so I'm sensitive to it and I don't want to upset any, upset any listener who loves this stuff. But I say, I say it all the time for Center Jedi Council and, and, and use on Vogue and someone always writes, they were, they were cool. And I'm glad you thought they were cool. I literally, I don't like this idea that all of this is leading to another complete separate war. Yeah. And I don't mean, like, I like, I, I just said it, I like that Palpatine's like, hey, I want to go expand the unknown regions. And naturally there'd be something or some people or species or planets and so, to, to fight him. Yeah. That makes sense to me. But this idea that the story kind of ends with Thrawn going, they're coming. In a way, I got the, it's a Vader, and Vader's like, maybe, down the line. <laughs> and it works effectively in something like Game of Thrones. The, yeah. uh, the others, the, the White Walkers, it's something different to me than the Force and all these things in this, the, the galaxy that we know, and then uh, there, there, there could be something else coming. And that, that's where maybe the, it left a bad taste in my mouth. The Grisks of themselves were clearly different. They're not called using Vong. And we know Filoni almost brought the, the Vong into Clone Wars. Yeah. And a lot of it seemed to be based off that. I don't know. And, and then the Chiss, the reveal that some of the Chiss are working with them and there might be a Chiss Civil War, could have been a Chiss, Chiss Civil War at some point. Yeah. That's intriguing stuff. I guess for me, I am a Rebels versus Empire guy, Resistance versus First Order. I'm fascinated with that and the Jedi and the Sith, but I don't want a third third party, a third okay. party system yeah, here. A, th- a third or fourth party system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, And it just enough. puts me in a weird spot. Yeah. As a All fan. Right. As a fan. Okay. I hear those things. I think part of me is uh I don't know the Yusan Vong super well. Yeah. And uh I think when I when I have said uh derogatory things about them and people tweet, they're always like, Hey, there's so much more to them, they have this cool culture. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like this is a compromise. If Cop. if if these grisks are bringing about some of the elements of that race, some of the elements of that war that people enjoyed. Mm-hmm. but it keeps a little bit of the demystifying the force out of it, then like, hey, great compromise. Right. Kind of in the same way with Thrawn, of like so much about Thrawn was brought back, it, it, but but made him sit, I think, a little bit better in, in modern canon. That's a good example, yeah. And if they can do that with the connections that are there between the Grisks and the Vong, like, hooray, that's yeah. great. That's great by me. I think my question with it all is, 
is there a master plan for the unknown regions? Because this does right. feel like Timothy's on having having some fun, creating some possibilities for is is there going to be ongoing Thrawn novels? Will the next one be? You know, mm-hmm. but you know, the, you you really question how that's going to work with him right. disappearing at the end of Rebels. I guess that's my point. Is it feels like yeah. there are lots of different creative forces gently knocking on the door of this big possibility that is the unknown regions. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm kind of not thinking that Ryan Johnson's movie is going to take place there. I think it's going to be a different approach to brand new. Yeah. But you have that possibility lurking out there. You have eventually the story of Snoke and the first order living in the unknown regions and growing in the unknown regions is right. going to have to be told. Uh, and it's just, like, are the Grisks part of that? Are they going to yeah. end up, you know, being, did, did they enslave Snoke's species? <laughs> did, you know, Dark Side Snoke yeah. kill the Grisks and side with the Chiss ascendancy? Yeah. Does, you know, does, is was his robe secretly made by Eli Vanto? Like, how is it, is it <laughs> all going to connect? Vanto? Is it, is he Eli Vanto? You know, that's the, what's it driving to? Uh, the final question I have here on my page is how connected is this to the big picture? Because I don't believe we're going to see this in nine. And it isn't just that that critique you hear of uh, Lucasfilm doesn't have a big picture. I think they, they have more plans in the books and comics and stuff than people yeah. realize, which makes me wonder about this. And then we need to get those answers. Like you said, we have to figure out the first order of Snoke at some point. It's not going to happen in nine. Yeah. Unless Naomi Aki's playing the daughter of Ray Sloan, and I've got my mom's <laughs> journals here, and here's what's going on. I, I I don't think we have time for that. Yeah. So we might get it elsewhere, and that's where I'm just wondering, is there's is this just fun? Is this just Timothy Zahn going? Just filling out the galaxy? Hey, yeah. you know what? My, my book, Outbound Flight, this is kind of like an ode to some of that and you know all this kind of stuff. And I'm fine with that. And I, I, And you said the... Thrawn coming back has been handled well, whether or not I maybe don't like the character as much as I thought I did. Yeah. I like this version is Star Wars-y to me. It makes sense. Where yeah. Even the other, even Air of the, Air of the Empire, it's like, oh, the whole time this guy was hiding, now he's in charge. And it was a little weird. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just popped up. Like, he's now leading. And it's a cool villain. Loved it. Um, but I like the modern version of Thrawn. They've done a great job integrating him into canon. Yeah. So I that, it, yeah. the Grisk could be that. And I have to trust them. As a fan, I will trust them. To okay. See if it unfolds that way, maybe it's a story I will like. Yeah. I won't yeah. shut myself off to the force. <laughs> yeah. I love Thrawn. I, I should say I really do enjoy the character of Thrawn, the way they brought him back. I mm-hmm. like him on Rebels. His uh, performance is great. That's true. And I love that. The elegance that what keeps defeating him is things that are stranger than he can imagine because it addresses my what I was not sure about Thrawn in in Legends Mm -hmm. of like he can be uh, attacked by a forced lightning moose. And he's like, well, no way to predict that. Yeah. (laughs) Logic (laughs) failed me there. And he mashes him up with the space fantasy of it. all. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I like that. So that's kind of the things we didn't like or things we had problems with, things we're working through. But we want to talk about the overall theme of Thrawn Alliances. Yeah, and I feel like it was, not surprisingly, Alliances. Oh, that's yeah. a good subtitle. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like it was uh, kind of the, the big ideas of this one were not as buried as they are sometimes yeah. or, uh, you know, sort of in rhythm. But, like, I thought it really developed towards the end like, some of the alliances are obvious. Like, Thrawn and Vader have to go on this alliance. Thrawn and Anakin mm-hmm. had to have this alliance. There's all the questioning and poking about the secret alliance between Anakin and Padme. Right. There is this sort of alliance between Vader and the Jedi. Right. Being Anakin, because Vader clearly relies on 
all of the skills and knowledge from his adventures mm. as the Jedi, but also wants to totally dismiss them as not his. So yeah. it seems like this cool idea is like Vader is a person who is in an uneasy alliance with himself mm. is a really juicy idea. Then obviously the all of the questions about where is Thrawn's actual yeah. alliance? Is it is it to the chess? Is it to the Empire? Is he playing anyone, or is it honestly to both? To both, yeah. Or you know, is he playing a, a, a manipulation game where like they are a threat to the chess, but maybe they could become a threat to the right. Empire? Or is it true that well, the Emperor wants to go over here and they're trying to close it off? Right. So like they're basically putting a, a stop sign on a road that the Emperor wants to walk down. So of course they're a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And then I think there's also this interesting idea that really comes up um, with Padme towards the end and her, uh, what is her alliance to ideology Mm. or to the individuals that are represented by that ideology? Right. I think that's what she's really questioning at the end and why we spent so much time. I, I was kind of like, why are we spending so much time? With mine workers with yeah. weird names, yeah, it's like so they could be totally humanized from Padme, Padme's right. perspective, and her realizing that this is not just a strategic point. Is yeah. my alliance to the Republic, which is allegedly here to support people like this, mm. or is it to the actual people that I'm allegedly supporting by believing in this government, right. this ideology? Yeah, and I love that. I love that some of the best stuff with Padme at the end and and this again going back to what i said about the cost but yeah you're right because uh those guys when she first meets him it's this weird almost twiddle dee twiddle dumb twiddle dumber type of weird <laughs> thing going on with them and and she's like that's a jewel you like the jewel right you'll get more jewels than my uncle anakin arrives uncle anakin interesting choice there too yeah <laughs> yeah it's like okay you know um, you're older than him Patrick, yeah right? <laughs> exactly uh but it did it did play out well and to get inside her head that's what again i'm so ready for the queen shadow to get there but yeah i love the themes there i, I think my favorite one is is the Jedi and Vader. Yeah. And I love the journey that Vader's been on in New Canon of he wasn't at New Hope the guy totally like, yep, I'm Darth Vader. No bot name has no meaning for him anymore. We know now he you know, had some problems with Palpatine, was working behind his back, had this connection, you know, uh had his memories. In Lords of the Sith, when he talks about snips, he actually, Vader, yeah. is saying the word snips. Uh, and, and I love it, and it plays out. And then that you're right, because I think when he's flying the TIE Defender, it, the, gar- the wall comes down a little bit, and he's like, this is wizard. Oh, wait, what? And it, it But he needs it. That's yeah. who he is. Yeah. Those are his skills. They're just now clouded. Yeah. And like the promise of that prologue was that Vader was going to have to face something mm. really painful from his past as Anakin? Or is it just that he's going to a place that Anakin was, that Anakin was there with Padme? And I I feel like maybe it could have been mined more. Yes. But what I got out of it was the truth of Palpatine's manipulation mm. and Dooku's manipulation of this civil war, it was in front of my face. It was in front of the Jedi's face. Mm. But the Jedi was too stupid because the yeah. Jedi just believed what he was told yeah and which is fascinating because mm, yeah it's this you know not, not at all subtle psychological of just like oh what did it's not i didn't choke yeah. uh padme or yeah like, like i don't know how he considers that in yeah. between place before he's <laughs> some that that would be interesting to explore but like 
all of these mistakes, mm. you know, I didn't let my mother die. The Jedi yeah. let my mother die, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And it makes it this, is that what is, is that what the emperor thinks that Vader is facing by going back there? Like, here's a time where it was staring you in the face right near the end of the war that you'd been played like a sucker. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, how are you going to be able to absorb that as your mistake or can you still, you know, separate it from yourself and blame it on the Jedi? And the Jedi. And I would like to see that in mind more. And I'd like to see the the use of the Jedi more. Yeah. This is the first time we're seeing it. Um I think that's great from Zahn. As far as Thrawn stuff, the stuff you talked about, I think it's really interesting that Thrawn's battle internally is a little bit, you know, emotions. And I love that. He's lo- just seemed to be very loyal. Yeah. And I love that. But but I, I take it as he is, I think he's telling the truth from a certain point of view. It's possible this could happen. The Emperor does want to come out here. It's possible, but I think he's clouded too. And so to see him almost kind of have to work with himself in that way. Yeah. Of what is what is true for, for, for me as Thrawn? Protecting my people. Am I using the Emperor? Or am I use, trying to use their resources? And I love that Vader several times does like, you're just trying to take a Star Destroyer out to, out to the Unknown Nations. <laughs> yeah, and just well, destroy everybody. No, but maybe. But you might Can think I? the Emperor might. Is uh, that wrong? Might and yeah, and I feel like Thrawn is ultimately the hero of this book, right? He's yeah. he's the person who is the most correct. Yes, uh, and and I really did buy the mm. why not both uh, yeah. argument that he kept making. Yeah, and obviously gaining uh, Vader's trust again and again. Yeah, and I like that 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 idea of the alliances are basically just they're they're built on trust, and these are a lot of characters who like I like that when Vader says that of like. The Jedi had a lot of thoughts and feelings about trust. Uh, yeah, that's not part of that's not part of being a Sith. Yeah, in the rule of two, it's uh, I'm not supposed to trust my master. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's part of the the point. That's what we agree. Yeah, you're not going to trust me. I'm not going to trust you. Yeah, good stuff there. Yeah, deep how, stuff. How do you feel about uh, speaking of Vader and the Jedi? how his perspective that it is one of the galaxy's most guarded secrets. Is he just projecting? Is this just like his, like my dirty laundry can't be aired. So I am going to imagine that it would tear the empire apart if people knew, (laughs) or is it, or is it, is there from any perspective that it would undermine this smooth transition? If people knew that, Oh, that, that Jedi survived. I thought all the Jedi were traitors and now you let him run around and, kill whoever he wants and do whatever he wants? Yeah. I took it as, as someone who's been in a couple times in my life, secret relationships <laughs> that weren't so secret that yeah. you could just read it all over everyone's face that there'd be times where people turn to me like, hey, uh, how's your girlfriend? I'd be like, Why? what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't have a girlfriend. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, I took Vader uh, several times, almost comical, where he's just, you know, again, the pauses that we were talking about earlier were just like, he knows. No, he doesn't. He can't know. And and what you just said, no one can know. Yeah. And Palpatine wouldn't have told him, right? <laughs> I told Palpatine that in confidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of that. I know Palpatine was there, but he wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah. And and learning his, maybe learning his place with Palpatine a little bit. Yeah. Which leads to some of the other mistrust and even just him working behind his back between yeah. New Hope and Empire. Yeah. Ties into that. Yeah. And it is really interesting to think of this character hiding his marriage, mm. you know, and his sort of the truth of his love of Padme, having to hide that from the galaxy. And now he has to sort of hide 
his existence as Anakin Skywalker yeah. from the galaxy, and more importantly, like minimize it, downplay it to himself. It's a tragedy. Yeah, that Darth Vader's a tragedy. Yeah. Anyway, you slice it's it. So it's so great to the the, the last thing I'll say about it because mm. we could go on and on about Vader and the Jedi, and maybe we will. Yeah. But it is even more powerful for his uh, the idea of what he's going through in the original trilogy mm. to say, oh, all that stuff is stuff the Jedi did. I am not the Jedi. I am a new superior being. Right. But Luke Skywalker, which was who was created by the Jedi, is my son. Yeah. So, like, in order to accept Luke at all, he has to accept, has to accept. that this these actions that were taken yeah. by Anakin that resulted in you are also mine. So maybe we are the same yeah. entity. Mm, deep family counseling. Yep. Here <laughs> in Star Wars. Well, that is our look at Thrawn Alliances. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that I love in this book. Uh, it is for me, people ask, is it essential reading? I think every Star Wars book is essential reading because you want to find out what's going on in the galaxy. So for me, it gets a definitely a passing grade uh, at times for me too muddled uh, and too many questions to to fully dive into it as a, as a big A plus for me. But I, I definitely liked it. And, and that Kim and stuff, some of my favorite stuff in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I would say, uh, you know, two lightsabers up, but one of the lightsabers sometimes gets turned <laughs> off by a field of cortosis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there are definitely some things that uh, are, are not as much to my taste as a Star Wars fan, but especially as we talk about it, the things that I liked in it yeah. are so interesting and so juicy and will so inform thinking about other Star Wars stories. That I think the book is really important, and I ultimately enjoyed it. Yeah, and Timothy Zahn does know what he's doing, man. Yes, he's he been does. doing this a long time. If you guys uh, have listened to all of this and still want to hear it for yourself, don't forget you can go to audibletrial.com/slash force center and get a free audio book. Uh, they have a lot of titles, but this one is on here. Listen to Thrawn Alliances on us, and it will help the show. So we're wrapping up this special edition of Four Center Reads. That's not an official title, <laughs> but uh, we had fun doing this. Joseph, this was a lot of fun, taking some time. Yeah, in. it was great uh, to really discuss lots of things. And I, in fact, can uh, close my final thoughts with one other thing that yeah. I liked in this book. Yeah. Just a small detail. Deep I love. This isn't even a deep thought. <laughs> is I loved it when Anakin was reflecting an early blaster bolt and reflecting it away from people mm. and saying... This is what Obi-Wan calls second a second thoughts chance. <laughs> that idea of like, don't, don't, don't hurt him right away. Give him a second to think. Give him, give this, him a chance. Yeah. So that's, that's I'm in Obi-Wan uh, mode with this book. I'm yeah. giving it second thoughts chance. I love that. I love that. Uh, you guys out there, let us know. Use the hashtag for center. And let us know what you thought about this book. And uh, we'll see. I think there's going to be some interesting discussions on this one mm-hmm. uh, with us here at Force Center. So we got uh, all those things going on with us. The main show, Databank Brawl, Star Wars Counseling, Star Wars Ranked. It's all out there. And don't forget, we have our YouTube channel up and running. A lot of things going on there. We have Force Center Meets, our episode with Jamie Stangroom. The Last Jedi Commentary is on the way. Our Patreon supporters got to listen to that one first. Thanks for making that happen. You can go to Patreon com slash center Joseph to get even more involved with Force Center. That's right. All of the uh, people on our wonderful Patreon page get access to our Discord where you can go in and discuss uh, Star Wars with uh, like-minded, friendly Star Wars fans or differently-minded but in a friendly way, Star Wars fans. And we are building to our next goal of unlocking all the commentaries for all the Star Wars movies. 
Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook, uh, we have our official page there. We are on Instagram as well. Just one more thing for me to put out there. And I remember <laughs> to do it sometimes. You handle all the Twitter social media promotion. I got to get, uh, get uh, Instagram's, uh, and I'm an old guy. And sometimes that <laughs> switching over to that tool uh, slips my brain. You do. Good job with it. But follow up there. Uh, our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. And we have our own adventures. I'm at Cat Napsack. You can check out my podcast on Napsack Files in the afternoons with Josh and Ken. And Joseph, you're adventures that's right you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw check out my other podcast obsessed live comedy shows albums all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com that's it so for thron for vader for padme and those little bees with the concrete in them we'll see you next time here on force Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.